December 19th, 2023. This morning's class is dedicated Le'ilui Nishmat Moshe ben Rachel Michael Fallis Alav HaShalom by Salman Fallis. We're in Masechet Bava Kamanda, Tet Amud Aleph, and we're seven lines from the top again, right in the middle of the line where it says Rav Huna Amar. Rav Huna Amar says the Gemara O Kesef O Metav. Rav Huna is bringing us back to the stira, the contradiction of sorts that the Hachamim pointed out and been dealing with over the course of some time, but took a break from discussing, and that is, what's the proper and necessary way of compensating during the time of damage? Is it, on the one hand, as the Torah seems to say in the context of regel and shen, that you pay back with metav sadeu, metav karmo, you pay back with your highest quality land, or is it, on the other hand, the way the Torah seems to say in the context of bor, that kesef yashiv liv'alav, the understanding of that word yashiv, is that it's not only money can be used, which would be parallel in some respects to land, but even shaveh kesef, afilu subin, even bran. So the statement here of Rav Huna brings us back to that contradiction, it appears. That's certainly the way Rashi interprets the Gemara. And his initial words are, o kesef, o metav. You can either pay back with money or with highest quality land. Of course, he, as Tosafot explains for Rashi, he's in the middle of a sentence because he's going to be jumped on in this moment and told, wait a second, it's not only money or highest quality land, we have a beraita which suggests you can even give back shavekes, if even the parallel of money, which is very different than money. Money is uh, one thing, it's fluid. The parallel of money, goods, well, you have to sell them in order to achieve that financial status that you would have when you're holding on to the money. So that's what's to come in the Gemara. It should be noted already, Tosafot understands this line in the Gemara as appearing in a different context. It's not a continuation of that contradiction that we've been discussing. It will address the same thing. But fundamentally, if you take a look at Tosafot, we'll begin reading it already. Tosafot Bura Mathil Ravuna Amar O Kesef O Metav. So that's the, set, the third Tosafot on the Amud. Starts with Pehe. Pehe stands for Piresha Kuntres. Used to refer to Rashi as the notebook, the Kuntres. So they cite from Rashi, Shebaletares, Ravuna is coming to answer, to explain, Kirae de la El, the Pesukim which were mentioned earlier, meaning the contradiction. Vesarich Loman, according to Rashi's interpretation, you have to argue, Shilo he speak lesayim devarav, He's in the middle of explaining his words. Again, he doesn't actually mean money or land. We know it's more than just money. It's even paying back with your lowest goods. And then we're going to have jumped upon him in the middle of a sentence. Tosafot alternatively gives a different approach. Vi'it de garse, and there are those who have the nosach, the girsa in our Gemara is different. Amar Ravuna. That's a very diff- different uh, approach than what we have. Well, it's only flipped to one word. Our Gemara says, Ravuna Amar. Amar Ravuna, the question is where the word Amar goes. You might say, what's the difference? It's a very important difference. When there's a debate between Emoraim, between rabbis of the Gemara, one will say X, and then you'll have the response, Ravuna Amar, he says differently. That's Rashi's interpretation to the Gemara, and the words align with that. Ravuna Amar, it appears as if we're in the middle of a sentence. Someone else said this, and he said this. If you, all, on the other hand, have the words Amar Ravuna, Ravuna stated, well, over there, it's coming on its own. It's coming independent of an earlier conversation. Therefore, says Tosafot, amatnitin. According to this approach, Ravuna's statement is going on our Mishnah. 
He wasn't a part of this conversation. He wasn't jumped upon in the middle. He's commenting on the Mishnah. What did the Mishnah say? Ditanya b'metav ha'aretz. The Mishnah taught us metav ha'aretz. You pay with highest quality land. Ve'amar Ravuna and Ravuna initially remarks de'lav davka metav. He didn't actually mean metav. Ela o mekesef o metav. Rather, it's a reference to in the Mishnah either land or money. In other words, he wasn't getting involved in this mahlokit. Now, as the Gemara continues, we'll understand Rav Huna, this Rav Huna is being cited in our Gemara, whether he's commenting on the mahlokit from beforehand or if he's explaining the Mishnah. Again, what they're really dealing with, and it'll come into play a little bit as we discuss the words of Rosh in, the, in, in a few moments, what they're really dealing with is why are the words of Rav Huna found here on Daftet and not earlier on Davzaim? After all, this contradiction could have and should have been fully fleshed out when we initially addressed it. Rashi says, well, it's really a continuation. We took a break. We were talking about lands that were sold once we got into a conversation of Biakiva and Bishmael. But in truth, you could you know, cut and paste this and put it back there if you want to teach it like that. Tosafot has it as being a little bit different. I'm already calling attention to this to plant in our minds a conversation we're going to have in some 10 minutes or so. In the words of Rosh, maybe a little bit more with regards to this Gemara, do these words belong over here or do they belong earlier? Rashi, belong earlier? Happen to be here. It's okay. According to Tosafot, no, they belong over here, but it brings us back to an earlier conversation. Right. Uh, I said you got to wait a couple of minutes. Uh, so a little patience. I, I'll, I'll try to bring you to it. Rav Huna, who's speaking here in our Gemara, he didn't show up there. He's going to even have a different approach. He's going to have a different approach even. Over there you had, ultimately speaking, the approach of Rav Huna, Bere de Rav Yehoshua, who was answering it. A different Rav Huna, a little confusing. But, you know, imagine it, you know, uh, Rabbi Harari and Rabbi Harari Rav Huna. Yeah, it's different. We, have, we used to be known as, Rabbi, uh, as Harari Naim, I'm told. That's what my father told me. But uh, regardless, I was just trying to make things clear over here. So Rav Huna and Rav Huna, Bere de Rav, I'll introduce myself to you. Uh, Okay, so anyway, so that, that's what we're dealing with. Now, let's go back to what the Gemara now challenges. We'll come back to Tosafot, and I, I give you my word, I'll come back to that initial words of Tosafot, but it's important, even if we don't come back to it, Jesse, just in terms of understanding the structure of the Gemara, that's significant in and of itself. Rav Nachman jumps in and asks a question to Rav Huna. One second, don't you know the Beraita? The Beraita teaches that from that extra word, Yashiv, that Kesef Yashiv, the Pasuk says, Ba'al Habor Yeshalem. The owner of the pit pays for the damages. Uh, Yeshalem pays. It could then say, Kesef, uh, he gives Kesef to the person who, instead the Pasuk says, Kesef Yashiv Liv'alav. What's that extra word? Yashiv, he'll return. Lerabot, it comes to teach us. Shaveh Kesef, even goods, even items parallel to money, having the value of money, afilu subin, even brand, even very low, 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 um, low valued um, items. Well, that in turn means we have a contradiction. Go ahead. Are we saying that it's the manager's option on which way he we don't know yet. When it comes to brand, right now it sounds like it's his option. I'll pay you money or the super Right. So when it comes to brand, of course I want to unload his Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. So that, that's the question that the Gemara has, again, Jeffrey, has been dealing with until now. If we're to, and I'll remind you already from now, because it'll be significant when we talk about halakha and tosafot, etc. 
Earlier, we had the following punchline on Davzayin. On Davzayin, it said, your choice and not yours. My choice as the damager. What do I mean my choice as the damager? You can either give land or brand or money. Why even or brand? Because the concept was brand has the status of highest value always. Why so? If you remember, because I don't need to sell it here. People might not like paper cups here in Brooklyn for a high value, but if I go to Africa, everyone will buy it for a fortune. People might not like electronics in China, because it's uh, maybe, I don't know, whatever. You bring it to New York, it's going to sell for good money. The gas in Iran might be cheap, it's going to be more expensive in Israel, etc. In other words, the idea is that when you're selling goods or paying back with goods, it always has highest value. That's how we'll value it. As opposed to land, you have to specifically give back highest quality land, but, punchline to you, your choice as the damager, how you want to pay back. That's certainly what we've been dealing with until now. Question is whether Rav Huna will align himself with that as well. He's now going to suggest, listen to his words, here, what are we dealing with when the pasuk suggests you can pay back even with brand, even with low quality goods, even with goods in general, when he doesn't have. Yod Taf is Yesh, and Lamed is for Lo. Lo Yesh. He doesn't have. I was the Gemara suggests the following. He doesn't have. The Gemara asks that question. He doesn't have land or money, and in that case, and only in that case, not like Rav Huna Rav Yoshua earlier. Then, the earlier was not that way. Earlier one gave you full rights as the damage or what you want to choose because it's not unfair to the guy who's damaged, we claimed. <coughs> because giving back goods is parallel to high quality land. Now Rav Huna says, no, absolutely not. Goods, I'm, I'm, I'm postulating for him. I have to, you're going to tell me as if it's the highest quality land? I don't want to travel. Time is money. Money is time. I don't want to travel to Africa to sell my uh, paper uh, plates. I don't want to move to, uh, uh, to Israel to sell my gas, etc. In other words, ultimately speaking, high quality land will take precedence. As a result, therefore as well, money, that takes precedence. What's the second stage? If you don't have, and only when you don't have, then you pay back with your brand or anything you have. Says Nathan, ask the Gemara. No, money and high quality land get ranked together, interestingly. Interestingly, Jared and I were discussing that after class, among other things yesterday, because if the point of land is to transfer it into money, so then why wouldn't money be number one? The best answer you have is that money, although, although it can be invested, land, I'm thinking about it, we were thinking about it almost like real estate, Land does give you more of a guaranteed uh, you know, income for the coming years. You just need to run your land in the regular fashion. It'll continuous, it's, it's a built-in, these are my words, it's a built-in investment. I know that I have a seasonal, continued produce production line from my land. That was what Jared had been saying, but that's a mistake only in context. Yeah, I'm sorry. We should have we should have recorded it. Yes. Um, the, on, the only mistake of that is that we're not only talking about damaging land. The Torah is talking about damaging anything, right? So anyway, says the Gemara, idelatle peshita. The question of Nathan, right? If you don't have um, well land or money to pay back with, pashut. The Torah doesn't need to tell me. Oh, then you get to pay back with your lowest quality goods or your goods. Of course you do. What, you think you off the hook? I don't have the money to pay back. I don't have the land. One second, you're sitting on a multi-billion dollar business, so you don't have any other assets. Mabruk, we're not going to take from your brand business? I mean, that's, uh, that's not fair. Mahud <coughs> Temat says the Gemara, maybe you would have said, the Torah is teaching you, you could have and perhaps would have said, 
Amrinanle, we say to the person who damaged, zil means go, terach, work hard, zavin, and sell your brand, le kesef, and pay back with money. In other words, maybe the onus, the responsibility, uh, is, is upon the damager to make certain that he pays back with the ideal way of paying back highest quality land or money, and that's what the Torah says, no, we're lenient over here, we're not going to demand that of him. If he doesn't have, explains Rav Huna, then he can pay back with low quality goods or any goods. That's the punchline of the Gemara over here. Again, the Gemara never concluded for us, well, what's halakha ma'aseh? If a person does damage another, so we have really two approaches at this point. We have the approach from Davzain, which is option given to the damager, to you. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because it's, it, it doesn't resonate with you and me, but if we put ourselves back, if we could, 3,000 years, it does. Again, even trash, but not really trash, even yeah. low quality goods could be in a certain society, in a certain time, seen as as greater than land. It's more fungible. And to some people, no, a person... Because it's telling you, if you want to pay back with land, this is how Rafuna understood you have to pay back with highest quality. You want to pay back with your goods. You want to know how, how high quality your goods are inherently? Pay back with whatever goods you want. In other words, there's a detriment, there's a minus on the land. The fact that the land can't be moved, well, that's hard. It's harder to sell it. It's harder to turn it into money as opposed to goods. That was his logic. How do you like that? You listening? Water or land in Gaza? No, no, no. But that's the point. But again, Alan, the point is, point is, you pay back with your best land, and we're making a point only with your best land, not with your land in Gaza. Or with cash. Or with cash. Or. Okay, you like Ravuna. What am I gonna do? What am I do? Gilgul of Ravuna. All right, Tosafot here on the left-hand side takes a stab at what the Pesach Halakha is. So I'm picking up where, what we were up to. Two, four, six, eight lines down in that Tosafot, the same one, Rav Huna. Tosafot now jumps in to give us Pesach Halakha. Rav Alfas, Rav Alfas, his name is Rif. His name is Rabi Itzhak Alfasi. It's from a place called Fez, right? So he's in the back of most standard Gemarot. And his mission, he precedes Harambam. So we're going back about a thousand years. His mission is, according to the order of the Gemara, he codifies what the Halakha Ma'aseh in his mind was. He precedes Harambam in doing this. Harambam, who we'll discuss in a few moments, Harambam takes all the Halakhot in the Gemara and turns them into their own chapters and their own passages. So you'll have the Halakhot of Nizke Mamon and the Halakhot of Sanhedrin and the Halachot of Berachot, etc. Rif says uh, it was before that. He's not codifying in that fashion. He goes according to the Gemara, but as you have a sugya in the Gemara, he gives you the punchline. What's the halacha on this? And uh, instead, of, he skips a lot of the back and forth and he gives you the punchline. That's who Rif is. And Tosafot had access to Rif and will cite them for halacha lemaaseh. So Tosafot writes, Rav Alfaz Piresh, Rav Huna Bered, Rav Yoshua, Rav Papa Dele'il. That's the opinions we had earlier, the opinions that uh, very much Alan does not like on Davzayna Mutbet. So Rif's interpretation is those approaches earlier are disagreeing with this one. In other words, their approach, Rav Huna, Rav Yoshua, together with Rav Papa, he was the other opinion who sided with that, they believe it's the option of the payer, of the damager, to choose whether he wants to give even from his brand. Rav Huna over here says no, only if you don't have. 
Their approach is all goods are considered highest quality. And even brand. But the opinion here in our Gemara, Exactly as I explained, sample proof from Jared, is that Rav Huna here in our Gemara, is, on the other hand, says money or high quality land, that's, that's metav. Everything else is not metav, but you can give it if you don't have upasak and the pesak halacha, the final line according to Rav Tarif. I'm sorry, don't get too angry, but you have Rabbeinu Tam, hang tight. Kerav Papa, Vekerav Huna, Rav Yoshua. Reef sides with the earlier opinion, option of the damager to choose and to pay even with his brand, even Lachatehila. Why would he go so? What's his uh, methodology? Shehem Batra'e. The word batar or batra. We know that word batra. We're learning bava kama, bava batra. Kama means first. We're learning the first gate of the three gates of Nizikin. Bava mitzia is the middle gate. Bava batra means the last gate. Whenever the word use these words in the context of Gemara, batra'e, we're referring to later opinions. The general approach to Pesach Halacha from Gemara time period goes like this. If you have an earlier generation emora from Gemara individual, and then a later generation, we go like later generation. Whenever you have a line in the Gemara from Ravina or Ravashe, who are last generation, Abaye and Rava, late and second to last generation, we go halacha like them. Oh, really? We don't think like that. I'm not going to be posik against Harambam, and you're going to believe me over his words. But within Gemara land, within several hundred years, the understanding is the later generation saw and knew the earlier ones and as a result gathered it together and codified and determined accordingly. So the claim in turn of, of Rif is, oh, they're the latest generation. They, they come later than Rav Huna here on our page. As a result, we're posek lahalacha like that. It's a very clear approach to Pesach Halacha, even if you don't like it. That's the way Rif goes on this matter. Option of the damager. The Rabbeinu Tam. Next line in Tosafot. Rabbeinu Tam. We always go like the later in Gemara. It sounds, as I said, sounds wrong because you're thinking Mishnah to Gemara. We don't do that. You're thinking Rishonim and Haronim. We don't do that. Within, within, within generation, so to speak, but not really, but so to speak, you can understand why today many people will be posek like Chacham Ovadia Yosef over Ben Ishai. It's an example. It's not the best example. Why would they go like that? Ben Ishai is earlier. Uh, earlier generations knew more. So you'll say, well, Chacham Ovadia Yosef was later. He knew Ben Ishai. He knew the development. He was able to take it in, sometimes go like that, and other times screw it a little bit differently. The idea being that if you're in somewhat, as I gave a full class on this at one point, Firstly, it would be rare to find his sons disagreeing with him. But um, secondly, secondly, in principle, yeah, yeah. So secondly, in principle, the answer is yes. Will it always play out that way? Not necessarily. Again, it raises questions as Jesse's suggesting. If that's the logic, so then why don't we take it to the extreme? Why doesn't Harari get to go against Rif? Why doesn't Harari get to go against Abayan Rava? So we don't go that far for one reason or another. Longer conversation. Although there was, and I'll suffice with this, there was someone, his name was Maharik, Rabbi Yosef Kolon. He, wrote, he was living in Italy in the 17th century, and he advanced, together with several other of his generation, the idea that halakha kibatrayan, they began to write piske halakha, it was a little bit of a revolution against earlier generations, you know, even the Rishonim. 
not generally accepted. Again, it's a, it's an interesting conversation to be had. Yeah, I'll send the class in in the in the WhatsApp afterwards. It is, it is. It's an interesting. It even gets philosophical. And how do I understand that? What the later generations know more? They understand it. Okay, all important questions. But that's the statement here. But Abinotam, that's the way we'll generally do it. How do you cap a generation? I'm saying Gemara. How do you decide? Verabenotam. Rabbeinu Tam en Soverken. Who is Rabbeinu Tam? Just very briefly, Rabbeinu Tam is the grandson of Rashi. His name was Rabbi Yaakov ben Meir. Why was he known as Rabbeinu Tam? Well, Yaakov was Ish Tam Yoshev Ohalim. His name was Rabbi Yaakov ben Meir. He had a brother, Rabbi Yitzhak ben Meir. His brother was known as Rivam, Resh Yod ben Meir, Rivam. You couldn't know them both as Rivam. So, Rabbeinu Tam. Okay, Rabbeinu Tam en Soverken. <coughs> His understanding is there's three categories with regards to compensation for damages. O kesef, o metav, v'iletle afilu subin. So, yes. Yeah, markedly after, 200 years after. So, But well, again, Kesef and land are the same thing. So, yeah, I know you told me. All right, Alan, Dachilak, we got it. All right, that's uh, now. Tosafot goes on. Tosafot goes on to detail. Understood, but again, just well, Alan, he's having difficulty with this. What are you saying? Why the brand? So I'm saying that there's a concept that we would make the person damaged go sell this brand and turn that brand into money. He's saying, no, no, don't have to do that. No, you can pay with the brand. No, if it's all he has, I'm okay with it. But, but Alan, it goes like this. No, no, but one more time. No, no, but right. What Jared is saying to you—it's a partial response. It's, it's not going to suffice because you're not going to be happy over here. You're Ravuna. What can I tell you? But what he's suggesting is he's saying, listen, you could have even believed that we would say to the person who damaged, go sell your goods, turn it into money, and pay back with money. That's what the Gemara says. You maybe would have said. The Torah says instead, we'll let the person who's damaged do so. But the assumption is that that brand will be turned into money. I think those, that's what the Jared's trying to say. So in other words, you're thinking garbage. Don't think garbage so much. Why think they just say cash? Get cash. Because we give a certain leniency to him ultimately. But I'm okay, okay. If, they, if they only have brand. Don't forget, his issue, his issue is not with Rav Hunab. His issue is with Rav Hunab and Rav Yoshua. Okay, anyway, all right, all right. So the, the, that's the statement of Tosafot. So in short, and Tosafot goes on to detail how it works out with Ba'alei Chov, 
What's the ideal mode of payment by creditors? Important, but not really our sugya. What's the ideal mode of payment with a po'el, if you have a day worker of some sort, you have a person who's working for you, how do you need to pay them back? Tosafot sites from a gemara elsewhere, you have to pay specifically with money in that situation. Okay, they deal with each of those accordingly. The question that persists, according to this, ultimately speaking, if I'm to just summarize it for a moment, it means reef takes the stand, stand of the earlier opinion, Dav Zayin, really the later opinion in terms of chronology, but that is Rav Huna Rav Yehoshua, and that is the option of the damager to compensate as he see fit, sees fit. Um, Rabbeinu Tam says, absolutely not, like Alan, like Rav Huna, it really goes land slash money, and only then, if you don't have, you can pay back with Shavir Kesef. Rosh, What's that? Is that the order you Absolutely. Have to pay back? So land and money. No, land and money are identical. That's the statement of Rav Huna in our Gemara. Rav Huna said, all Kesef, all Karka, or whatever his last one was. No, 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 no. Kesef is parallel to Metav Sadehu. Subin is not. Subin is only when you don't have. When you don't have. But money is parallel to land. Yes, absolutely. Everybody's saying that he should sell the second opinion is saying you technically should, but we're going to be lenient, and ultimately, if you don't have anything else, you can pay back with it. Yes, yes. So now, Rosh deals with what's now a technical issue, but important to briefly address. I don't know that we'll make it to Harambam today. And all right, so we'll move on tomorrow. You could read Harambam independently. Rosh, uh, maybe I'll, I'll say it outside so that we can try to make it through. Rosh here in Simanhe deals with the following difficulty. Wait a second. Reef had a claim as to why he was going with the earlier opinion. Munch against Allen, but at least he had methodology. According to Reef, you're, you're taking the later opinion, remember? The later opinion is the winning, winning opinion. That's Rav Rav Yoshua. That's Rav Papa. That's why Reef went like that. How does Rabbi Tam answer the methodology claim? Methodology meaning the way in which you determine. That's our principle, you generally speaking will do. So Reef Erosh in Simanhe has two answers to that. Answer number one goes like this. His answer number one is that technically speaking, his understanding, according to Rabbeinu Tam, is uh, Rosh is on this side, the very little letters. All right, so, and I, I even put a small little bracket mark in the middle of the page where it says it. And we can read it a little. It says, you see it uh, in the middle of the, uh, maybe toward the. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's page Dalit. It's in Siman He, but I'm in the middle of Siman He. You can see Siman Vav. Uma. You see where I put that little bracket in the first column? Uh, find four words onto a line, about uh, 30 lines down. It says, Umash lo pasak, and this is where we need light. Umash lo pasak rabbeinu tam kerav papa v'ravuna b'reder av Yoshua di inun batra'eh. How could rabbeinu tam not go like the later authorities? Sarich lomar, his first answer is, Desavar de la pelige aderavuna. Perhaps rabbeinu tam believed that there was no mahloket here. There's no mahloket. What do you mean? Everybody agrees with yeah, like this. Veloatu ela leshanuye rumya dikrae ahadade. The only issue is what was taking place here with Rav Huna is he's trying to deal with how to resolve or excuse me, Rav Huna Rav Yoshua and Rav Papa. The earlier opinions are just trying to resolve the contradiction in pesukim. Let me explain again. It goes like this. 
there's a contradiction in Pesukim. On the one hand, the Pasuk tells me that I need to pay with highest quality land, which means money or highest quality land. On the other hand, the Pasuk says you can pay even with your brand. How do you square these one with the other? So the Pesach Halacha, according to Rabbeinu Tam, is they're all parallel. There's no contradiction. Excuse me, I take that back. That's the three, that's Rav Huna. The answer to that contradiction is primarily you need to pay back with land or money. You don't have land or money, you can pay back even with brand. All right, that's, that's what we found here on Daftit. But what about on Dafzayim? Here's how it goes. It doesn't make sense, it's hard to believe, and this is what Alan was claiming, that your brand is considered, well, it's considered anything. How come we're lenient even when you don't have to pay back with brand? That's Alan's question, right? Why am I allowed to pay back with my lowest quality goods? The Torah on the one hand says, you need to pay back with highest quality land. Now, okay, parentheses, you don't have highest quality, you could pay back with your brand. Absolutely not. Go out and sell your brand and pay with money. That should be the Pesach Kalacha. You should have no option of even paying with brand. I don't know how to resolve the contradiction, even with the punchline, the Pesach Kalacha. We're going to run with this. Says Tosafot, says Rav Huna. We're going to go primarily paying back with highest quality land or money. What's with primarily and secondary? There's no secondary. How do you resolve that? The Torah is contradicting itself. The Torah on the one hand is telling you you have to pay back with highest quality land. On the other hand, the Torah says, but you can pay back with your words, your garbage. That's what on Daf Zayin we were giving a logic to, quote, the garbage. We were saying it's not actually garbage. That's, that's what Rosh is suggesting according to Rabbeinu Tam. There was an is no mahloket. Even, even Rav Rav Yoshua, even the Gemara and Zayin agreed that you can only pay back with your brand when you don't have anything else. They were just zoning in on giving logic. What's the logic over here? How could you even pay back with your brand in that situation? The answer is because one man's brand is another man's gold. When you don't have, and only when you don't have, but ultimately speaking, we can give it logic, a partial logic to say it has a high quality status. That's the first answer of, of Rosh. Second answer of Rosh, and this is what I was alluding to at the very beginning of the class, goes like this. Look at the ordering of the Gemara. We might be, generally speaking, methodologically saying we go like the latest opinions. But look at the order of the Gemara. What's the ordering in terms of who's recorded? We had on Davzayin the later opinions, and on Davtet the earlier opinion. You might argue that way. Rosh is suggesting that Rabbeinu Tam said, Oh, Reef, you think we go like latest opinion? Absolutely. Latest opinion recorded in the Gemara. Look, it's a page apart. You think when the organizers of the Gemara, Ravina and Ravashe, put this together, they did that by mistake? They were bringing Ravuna and Daftet, or whatever, a page and a half later, then Davzain to say to you, this is the primary opinion. That's the suggestion. Now, I mentioned that very briefly. If you catch this, great. If not, I mentioned that in context of the Tosafot we learned at the beginning. You might remember the Tosafot we learned at the beginning understood, not like Rashi, that Rav Huna is being brought over here because he wasn't part of the conversation. He was commenting on the Mishnah. According to that Tosafot's approach, you can't accept the second approach of, of Rosh. They don't square up one with the other. You could only say it was purposeful 
actually stated later because it belonged earlier, but I'm telling you to go like that if it was part of the conversation and you mention it last. If it wasn't part of the conversation, he was mentioning it because he was talking about the Mishnah. Happens to do with the same thing. You can't make such a claim. I'll just conclude with reading the words, but without explaining them. Harambam has a very surprising Pesach Halachan, Perek Chet of Hilchot Nizkei Mamon, and I'm just going to read the first few words, and then, you know, well, I'll leave you so you can't fall asleep tonight. Keshebetin Perek Chet Yod, in the block letters in the middle of the page, five lines from the bottom, Keshebetin Nizkakin, when the Betin needs to come, Ligvot HaNizak Minichseh HaMazik, they're going to collect from the Mazik, from the damager, for the Nizak, for the person who was damaged. Pause. What are they going to take from first? Everybody agrees they're going to take from land or money first. They take from the movable goods first. Strangest thing we can imagine. We can understand he's certainly... Metaltalin is not money. He says if he doesn't have metal, brand. Now, we can certainly say he's going with the Gemara and Dav Zayin, with Rav Hunabred, Rav Yoshua, and Rav Papa, with Reef. But that's how we prefer taking. We prefer taking. Alan, this is the antithesis of you. This is your enemy. No, no, no. But no, 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 no. Betin chooses it for the Nizak. You said... As a fascinating statement, very difficult to understand. Gaon Vilna and others take a stab at it, but we'll leave that for the Ma'ayin, the Ayin Baruch Adonai Amen, Amen.